Views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome. Yeah, I'll tell you, there's a lot to be said about Mercury in retrograde, but, you know, usually it doesn't really have much of an effect, except now it's in cancer. So that's a whole nother idea. But guess what? We've got a great show for you today. You know, we're going to talk about empowerment through healing with medium, clairvoyant, and much more practitioner. You know, Tammy Urbanek is joining us here today. And, you know, this is what I love about what I do. It's fascinating how many people I get to meet. For those of you out there, uh, this is our 10th year. We are going on 10 years this coming September um, with a show that originally started out as Crust Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life. And now, um, as the listeners a uh, number of years back, renamed the show because they started to call in and call me Dr. Pat because many started to call me Dr. Pat. And so I said, okay, we just got to go with that. And all of the insecurities in who I was and what I did and, you know, things about my life and childhood wounds or whatever you want to call it, it took every ounce that I could to even accept the way people were referring to me. Now I know that, you know, what happened to me in dialing a phone number, what happened, you know, in saying yes to a whole bunch of things. And showing up to have this conversation with Tammy is the following. Each of us is born. We are born to shine. We're called to shine. Our life is about that. You know, living an epic life is our birthright. And because of people like my guest today, because of the many times that she, that I, that you have said yes to a life, a world that is about healing, that is about helping others, that is about letting people know that the genie is out of the box and we get to talk about many, many, many things. Today, it is my honor and pleasure to have a great conversation, introduce all of you uh, to Tammy and what she does, a medium clairvoyant. We're going to talk about what that is. You know, but what is her work about? What does she do to help people with their spirit guides? How do we ask for guidance? Where the heck do we get the courage to stand up and think about what we stand for in life, to help others, to heal our bodies? How do we do this in a world sometimes where we can't even see our own addictions? How do we get this help? That's what today is about. You're going to meet somebody extraordinary, uh, somebody that knows a lot about 
what it means to say yes to a soul's journey and path, and who is so extraordinarily passionate about helping others. Tammy, welcome to the show. So good to have you on. Glad to meet you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So did I, did I like, cream your last name? Did I pronounce that right? <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you were very close. A lot of people pronounce it that way. It is Urbonic. Urbonic, thank you. I, I, I have to tell you, I had a 50-50 chance of that, of going one way. I, I mean, I, I really did. I had a 50-50 chance, and I figured, you know what, with a name like Basili, I'm so used to people not getting that right. Yeah. <laughs> so th- thank you. Thank you for joining the show. I, I want to I talk about a couple of things. I also want to talk about, you know, um, your book, Loving Connor. Um, I want to just ask you a couple of really interesting questions, though, for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, you are out in the world. You're in front of a lot of people. You work one-on-one with people. Um, where are we in terms of our emotional evolution right now? Are we ready to receive the gift of healing? What kind of transformation do you think we have yet to make? Collectively, as, as a mass population, um, Collectively, there is so much more work to do. Uh, individually, each individual person is on their own pathway, their own journey, their own level of healing, their own level of awareness, and, and that is truly individual. But as a mass population, we are so, so much still in the dark uh, in terms of who we are, our connection to the creative source, our connection to God, our connection to ourselves, our soul purpose. And I, I see that a lot just in watching the news or reading the media. We're collectively, we're still kind of really lost. I, you know, it's really interesting that, uh, you know, I, I so get it. What's fascinating to me, I was talking to a colleague uh, today uh, and actually earlier this week, and we were talking about a statement that was made about, uh, let, let me just pick one of the topics, narcissism in our country. And the conversation we were having was interesting. She said to me, did you know that the American Psychological Association was thinking of declassifying uh, this idea of narcissistic personality disorder? I said, no. She said, yeah. The idea is that when an entire population has its majority of of one mind, of one thing, it's not an abnormal thing anymore. It's a norm. Hmm. And... I know. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I can't even wrap my mind around this. But don't we have the capacity for enormous amount of love and healing? I mean, certainly we can go down that path and classify everybody, but let's flip that over. What are our gifts? Absolutely. We have, individually, we have this enormous capability of self-love, self-compassion, self-nurturing, and also within that, our ability to offer it to others. And um, when you talk about that we get stuck in the group, I've always been yeah. I've been taught that the group mind, the group mentality, and how we many individuals get caught up in that group mind. Well, the group mentality is based on fear, competition, jealousy, anger, and depression. You know, who wants to be associated with that? 
So in order to not be associated with that, you must be willing to express your own individuality, your own creativity. Well, in order to do that, that takes a risk. That takes a huge risk because if you are growing up in a family where that just isn't taught, it's not accepted, it's not allowed, then that means you have to be willing to break beyond those barriers that you were taught. And and that takes a lot of courage. And so someone who's willing to do that, that's, um, that's awesome. That is very, very awesome. Well, one of the things I love about what you do and, and, and how you're out in the world talking to people um, about many, many things, you know, I would love to talk with you about your journey for a minute uh, and talk with you about how it is you've been able to evolve and come to the place where you are uh, that helps so many people. What have been the challenges that you've had to overcome, Tammy, to get you here? Well, I just to start off, I grew up in a fantastic family. I have very loving parents I'm still very close to. And I went through this adolescent period, which, uh, of course, everybody does. They go yeah. through this rebellious period, you know. And, and I made some errors in my rebellious period. And my parents were very... They don't punish. They've never punished. They don't judge. They always loved unconditionally. And there was always these discussions and teaching. But as a result, what I discovered is as a result of some bullying that I experienced in with my peers, younger years, uh, late elementary, early junior high, I kind of developed this sense of needing to gain acceptance from my peers as a young adult. So I married at age 18. Um, I married a, a man in the Army. He had some issues with alcohol. And I had my daughter at 19. And throughout those 17 months or so that we were together, there was a lot of very drunken weekends, a lot of very angry weekends. So uh, when my daughter was a month old, I said, I can't go back to work at McDonald's. I can't go back to work and leave my daughter home with him because what if he's drinking? I was not willing to risk my daughter's safety for mm. his financial survival. So I left. I didn't have any money. I had to beg him to pay my rent the first month. And so I just I transitioned, but I didn't get to the root of why did I marry him? Why did I attract this relationship? So I attracted another one, and I attracted another one, not marriages, but simply relationships. And that final one in which my boyfriend was addicted to gambling and was stealing money from me, uh, I just decided, okay, this is enough. Enough yeah. is enough. I'm making the same choices. I'm creating the same painful outcome. I was 22 years old. I've been in a painful relationship for four years. I'm done. And and I decided I'm not going to date anyone until I can figure out what it is that I want. And that is really where I started my journey into becoming an adult. You know, one of the things that I love, and it's really interesting, I was just talking about someone about exactly what, you know, what you're just talking about, these lifetime patterns, you know, these things that we find ourselves in over and over and over again, you know, congratulations to you for having the courage and also the wherewithal, you know, to draw that line in the sand and, you know, stand in a place of understanding where you are in your life and what's important to you. Where do you think... We are. I mean, my sense is that folks are really having a hard time finding out their place in society these mm-hmm. days. But maybe that's just me and the and the business I'm in here on radio. 
are we are we at a place where I, w- I don't want to say we're stuck. I don't really like that word. But are we at a place where the old stuff just doesn't work for us anymore and we're not quite sure how to latch on to the new stuff? Absolutely. That is absolutely correct. In addition to um, we're in this, this energy of within the earth. I've been taught this. I've experienced this. And the energy is getting stronger. And the concept of time is speeding up. So... If what I have was taught low probably three years ago by my own teacher, he taught that when we get closer into 2012 and then into 2013 and so forth, your people are going to be pushed in one direction or the other. You're going to, if you're already on your healing pathway, you're going to be pushed in that direction. If you are still in a strong state of denial, a state of anger, a state of frustration, and you're just not willing to move past it, then you're going to be pushed in that direction. And he really emphasized it's not about punishment. It's not about this person's better than that person. It's about whichever energy you are willing to empower and you are empowering that's the energy that's going to be supported. And I have seen that. He probably actually was talking about that back in 2005, 2006. Uh-huh. But I've seen that in my work in, in the people who they just aren't willing to get past their anger. They are so angry and they're just getting worse. And then people who are truly desiring change, it's, it's starting to really come along. They're really beginning to see um, their potential. Well, I, I love this because you know you're, what you're doing with people. And let's talk a little. Let's talk a little bit about what what you know you said yes to in your life. I mean, you're here to help people find their yes. And I want to talk a little bit about the work that you do, um, and you know what exactly uh, what exactly is a a medium, and you know why are we so free now to talk about mediumship and and spirit guides and totems and energy and dr phil saying frequency who knows what's going on is that that dr oz but we're, we're out in a world now that we're, we're in the grocery store 10 years ago and i said to you oh my god you got really good energy you would be like uh-oh this is a stalker um but now we can say energy um where are we in terms of that, and how does the work that you do help people understand a different meaning or maybe get some clarity about the meaning in their lives? I would say I've seen both sides. I okay. can go to a, a networking group um, with people uh, who are in the healing field themselves, whether it's uh, spiritual work or or they work with herbs or something of similarity and and you can talk about energy you can talk about medium work and they understand what you're talking about mm-hmm. and then there are networking groups that I'll go to and they they work in banking they do hair they sell real estate and and I say medium work and half of them look at me like you know I have two heads and the other half look at me like oh yeah I've heard of that I'm a little interested and some look at me as if I I want nothing to do with that So I've seen both sides, and I'm okay with both sides. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion, their own belief system. But how mediumship works, or at least the work that I do, I was born a medium. My father's a medium. He's been working as a medium for 30 years with a spiritual Mm -hmm. teacher named Jonah. And 
Um, I simply communicate with those in the non-physical, so people who don't have a physical body. What that means is people who are deceased and people who are spirit guides. A spirit guide is simply some uh, people who have higher awareness, a higher level of consciousness than the person they're assisting. And when people come to me, they usually want assistance from their spirit guides. So, you know, one of the things that I love is, you know, I love this conversation. I love to have a conversation um, about what it is we can turn to spirit uh, for and get some insight. You know, I think that many folks are looking at their lives and they're looking at, okay, I can't solve this problem at the at the human level. And I think that's what Einstein was saying. So how can I help? How can I get help? Um, how can I do something that's so important for my life? And by the way, you know, let's talk about healing for a minute. You know, what is it about us that's happening where we have the rise in autoimmune disease shooting through the roof? You know, mm-hmm. people, you know, getting sicker, younger. Um, what is your sense of what's happening? Because you have experience with this as well. I would say specifically with autoimmune disease, Uh, It's related to both our food system, our genetically modified foods, uh, absolutely toxic to our system, to our brain, to our digestive system, to our intestines. But yet GMOs are are widely used in 85 to 90% of our processed foods. And, well, that'll be you. Get me on my soapbox. Talk about GMO (laughs) foods. But that's that's another side. That is so toxic. And then you have... Uh, emotional toxins, mental toxins, spiritual toxins, where you're just so caught up in the past, you're just not willing to let it go. Well, that at some point, depending on your genetic system, that is going to wreak havoc on your body. And if you have a weaker genetic system, not weaker as in bad or wrong, but everyone has their own genes, their own genetic system that they come from within their family. So if you have a genetic weakness in your family in terms of the immune system and you're holding on to toxic emotions and energy, it's going to affect you, especially if you're eating toxic food on top of it. So, and then of course, uh, vaccinations uh, are causing a lot of issues, which I know is a hugely controversial issue. But take all of those things into account. Take someone who might have a predisposition to a weaker immune system, and you're going to have someone with an autoimmune disorder. Mm. You know, part of this is all of us being, you know, stepping up and being exposed to, a, you know, a level of consciousness on the planet, whether that is through the loss of a loved one, whether that's be, being able to rise up and, you know, create some level of positive change in the world. You sat down and you wrote a book, Loving Connor, a clairvoyance memoir on loving, bonding and healing. And I wanted to chat with you for a minute about this because I think this all ties together. I mean, just the title of the book alone, Loving Connor. Um, let's talk a little bit about the book and why this was an important uh, memoir for you to write. I originally was going to write the memoir. It had a completely different title at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It was all going to be about navigating female adolescence. And it was going to, my intent 
was to assist parents who have a teenage daughter who carries anger issues. And I talked a little bit about my first marriage, and I walked away when my daughter was a month old. Well, her biological father, by the time my daughter was two, he really had no interest in being involved. And in fact, he was off the radar for so long, I didn't get most most of my child support. But the, the biggest painful event that occurred was that he didn't want to be her dad. And and she took that very personally, as most children do, if not all children. And she took it as uh, something's wrong with her. And so she created, she developed a lot of anger around that. And And I was doing whatever I could to really work with her through that anger, to help her see it, to help her understand it, to help her move beyond it without using punishment, with only using love, unconditional love, nurturing and compassion for her. So, and, you know, now she's just about to turn 20. She says, beginning her second year of college, and she's doing very well. So I thought, well, I could write this book to help other parents who are like, what is going on? I don't understand it. I don't know what to do because that's where I was at, but I was able to navigate my way through it. That was the original intent, but um, you know, anyone who's read the book can see it has taken a completely different turn. Mm-hmm. And what do you think, uh, why do you think that happened? Were you guided? I was in terms of the, the book going in a different direction. Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. very much so. I actually asked my friend who uh, her book, she wrote her book, it won an award. I asked her to edit my manuscript because I knew it was a good story to share, and I, but I knew I needed some help in really developing the, the manuscript. And she mm-hmm. said, Tammy, this is a fascinating story, but yeah, you need some help. So she helped me through the way. She really taught me how to uh, develop the scenes and the dialogue and so forth. And it was through her suggestions that she said, Tammy, this is not just about helping parents with teenage daughters with anger issues anymore. This is a much broader story. This is much bigger than that because it really did come become about loving Connor, her son, my grandson, and, and how we took our our loving, our bonding, our own sense of healing, and how we were able to assist him in spirit form before he was born, mm. uh, so assisting his soul prior to his birth. Mm. You know, I want to talk about the, you know, that amazing ability we have to do that. And let's talk a little bit about what you've discovered along the way. And, you know, what is our ability or capability, should I say, you know, what is our ability and capability to understand that, that innate power we have to not just heal ourselves, but to also heal others? What have you discovered through this process as well? What I have discovered is that individuals need to take responsibility that they can heal their own life. And in fact, they are the only ones who can heal their own life. It's it's not about going to this person or that person to get healing in order to heal an issue. You can go to different people to gain tools, awareness, and assistance, absolutely, and never push that away. But you are always responsible for healing your own life because if you say, someone else healed me, then you're also saying that person can remove that healing because you've just given your power to that individual. So 
everyone has the ability and the capability to change their life into a state of joy, into a state of passion, into a state of living the highest quality of life. And that's the work that I do in helping people understand not only is it possible, it's expected in terms of your soul expectations. You know, let's talk about soul and let's talk about spirit guides for a minute. Um, You know, I love the conversation because I can't tell you how many times in my own life, you know, I'm sitting there pretty much dumbfounded about what just happened to me and where do I go from here. And, you know, there are points in time where you just say, oh, please, somebody around me, give me a helping hand. And I want to talk about how this works for people and, you know, how essentially important is it for us to understand that what our spirit guides are, where they are, and how we can reach out and ask for help. Spirit guides are deceased people usually for the most part. They are Mm -hmm. people without physical bodies who have healed they have a higher level of awareness, or they have healed a particular area with which they are assisting you. So many times I've worked with many different guides, many different people's guides, and there are times where one particular guide will say, well, I'm working with this person to learn this specifically. Well, that so that guide has then mastered, essentially, that area and is assisting the person what I have in that area what I have also discovered is that for the most part people choose their guides as a soul you choose your guides knowing what who your parents are with the culture the time frame really what you're walking into in terms of your physical life and so you choose your guides to assist you based on that knowledge and when we come into the physical We also develop or begin developing our own personality, our own consciousness. So for many individuals, you lose sight of your guides. You forget they're there. You begin taking on your parents' belief systems, mass consciousness belief systems, and you forget that assistance is available. But that doesn't mean your guides stop offering assistance. Your guides will offer you assistance in any way that you are willing to accept it. That can be through dreams. That can be unconsciously. Uh, it can be through another person. It can be through intuitive feelings, a subtle physical feeling. Any way they feel that you are willing to receive assistance, they are willing to offer it. Spirit guides are not judgmental. They won't mm. judge. They won't tell you what to do. They won't give you every step of the way. They will guide you in the direction of healing. That is their purpose, and they take it very seriously. They will guide you in the direction to find joy and to remove blocks, remove obstacles. So when people come to me for sessions, I tell them, Your guides are not going to tell you what you want to hear. They're going to tell you what you need to hear. And then whatever you choose to do with that information is entirely up to you. Many people come back for more information, and some say, I'm not interested. And that's okay. Um, Because when your guides offer you information, it doesn't just go to your conscious mind. It goes to your subconscious, your unconscious, and your soul. And that is the biggest piece. Well, I love, love, love what we're talking about. This is so amazing. Tammy, what I'd love to do is I'd love to take a short break. Uh, When we come back, I'm going to make sure we give out your website. 
uh, going to open up the phone lines, going to do a whole bunch of other things. Those of you out there, you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. For more information about us, please go ahead and go to the drpatshow.com or transformationtalkradio.com. And for those of you out there that would like to ask a question, you could ask it through our instant feedback. And when we come back from break, what we're going to do is we're going to take your calls uh, tonight on the show. For those of you out there who want to call in, uh, give us a shout, 888-627-6008. That's 888-627-6008. We are taking your calls Tammy is in the house. Let's take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back. Tune in Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Transformation Talk Radio. The Awakening Radio with Patricia. This hit show awakens your dormant, divine, feminine energy. The Awakening Show is the next step on your evolutionary journey through life. Get ready to awaken the dormant seedings within you, your soul's encodement, power, and purpose, and bring this forward with confidence and clarity through the power of your own voice. This show promises to boldly go where you've been before. You just need to remember, be inspired, become rewired with The Awakening Radio. Visit AwakeningRadio.com for weekly topics. Tune in to the Sandy Brewer Show, getting to the heart of what matters in your life. Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com and experience the powerful healing voice of Dr. Sandy Brewer, one of Call-In Talk Radio's most dynamic, compelling personalities. Get ready for inspiration and contagious humor and her been-there, done-that, no-nonsense advice to meet today's challenges. Listen and call in at 800-930-2819 for the Sandy Brewer Show. Are you ready to have all your relationships work for you? Those with your family, friends, and coworkers? Perhaps with a lover? How about with your body and your money? Ask Susan, relationship counselor, life coach, and access consciousness facilitator, Susan Lazar Hart, has assisted thousands in creating relationships that truly work for them. Ask Susan, a monthly telecall where you can be heard and receive simple tools to apply to all your relationships. AskSusan.net. That's Ask-Susan.net. Chris Stainis is a spiritual leader and healer and teaches a course on how you can transform your life through a meditation and healing system that will manifest your spirit's dreams. She manifested the Women of Wisdom Conference, the Women of Wisdom book, and this radio show. And she can show you how to change your life, too. Are you ready? Visit the website and contact her at VoicesOfWomenToday.com. That's VoicesOfWomenToday.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Uh, For those of you that want to connect directly with Tammy on the show today, one of the things I want to make sure you do is have an opportunity to call in. We'll take your calls. She will work with you directly on the Dr. Pat Show here. Let me just give you that number again. It's 888-627-6008. That is 888-627-6008. 6008. Phone lines are open. You're welcome to call in, get some assistance, connect with some of those spirit guides. And every time I do one of these, Tammy, I always wonder if there's somebody around me. 
And it's always fascinating, isn't it? You know, you probably do a million of these shows, and, and people like me show up, and you think, ah, oh, not another one. Welcome to the show, Tammy. No. Thank you so much. <laughs> you bet. I want to talk to you um, while we've given out the phone number, and also for those of you that have questions, I, I do want to talk about the process with Connor, you know, because I want to talk about um, the process because – I don't think we have a framework quite the way that you've described it, that we talk about working with the soul. And so okay. I think this is really important. And I love doing this because, you know, I think I mentioned to you before, um, I have a situation with a very dear friend and um, sometimes we go through these patterns. And you and I were talking about this earlier we go through patterns, whether they're with relationships or money, and we wonder why we can't break the pattern. And sometimes, maybe there's something not from this life. Uh, would you mind sharing the process uh, that you that you used with Connor? Yes, absolutely. When I found out that Bethany was pregnant, I knew uh, it was a, a big deal, not just because she was 16 and he was 22 and it was a very dangerous relationship. He had uh, an abusive past. He was into drugs and alcohol. He played with guns. He'd been banned from different locations for threatening people. He's been arrested multiple times. Aside from that, I, I know that souls are attracted to parents for a particular reason. They can be attracted to anger, depression, or, or multiple other issues, or they can be attracted to love, compassion, bonding. Well, based on Bethany's anger issues and desperately searching for older males to approve of her and, and her boyfriend's issues, this child, soul, was not attracted to their self-love and self-compassion and self-nurturing. So I knew immediately there was going to be some issues. And so I spoke with the spiritual teacher, Jonah, who my father's a medium for for the last 25, 30 years. And the first thing he said was, this child is not enlightened. And right before I went to go see him at my parents' house, I had seen a deceased adolescent male standing next to my staircase. And I knew that was the baby's soul. So when I went to speak with Jonah, he said, he continued, and he said, this child has issues. This child, in his most previous incarnation, uh, had a mother who was extremely emotionally and verbally abusive. She was heavily into voodoo medicine. The, um, sh there was a voodoo priest who attached his energy, it's called a cord, but attached his energy to the adolescent's energy. And the adolescent ended up taking his own life at the age of 14 using a gun. So everything that he was saying matched what I was already feeling and what I had already seen prior to talking with him. And he said, you have options here, but if you choose to continue with the pregnancy, the daughter chooses to continue with the pregnancy, there will need to be much, much work with wow. this soul. And, and I had to be ready for that task. I didn't know how to do it. I, I knew how to work with deceased who came in for sessions. I knew how to work with spirit guides. How the heck do I work with an angry soul of an unborn child? I had no idea. So I had to figure it out. And uh, it was definitely a process. You know, I one of the uh, things, uh, let's talk about this, because we don't really think about the fact 
that we could heal at that level. You know what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. uh, we're in a pill, potion, and lotion society right now. And, you know, yet all of that really just uh, hammers at symptoms and it doesn't really get at the real essence of healing. Can you describe healing at that soul level for us? Well, at his soul level, when he would, not really knowing what to do, I, I, I said to my husband, Robert, who I married when I was 24, and, and my daughter, I said, we need to call in Connor, and um, she'd already chosen his name at that point, and we need to uh, call in your guides, ask everyone to come in to assist, your guides, my guides, Robert's guides, and Connor. Connor came through first. I could feel his presence. I knew exactly where he was standing. And and, he's, and he just kind of stood there. And I said, please let us help you. And the first words out of his mouth were, I don't believe you. I hate you. I don't trust you. And he was gone. He left. Mm. And I thought, I, I, I don't know where to go with this. I mean, he it was so hurtful not personally as in like he hurt my feelings it was like what am i going to do with this what is going to happen when he's born and he's this angry you know you think about and this is where my mind went you think about you hear about these stories these kids that come into these loving families and and they they hurt animals they abuse animals they're like the one child in the family where they're so different and no one can figure out what happened. And so I think, is that going to be Connor? I mean, how does this happen? So um, I just stopped working with him. I thought, maybe I'm doing it wrong. And uh, my parents were out of town, and I get a call from my mom when they return, and they said, Jonah said, you need to be working with the child much more than you already have. They didn't know. My parents didn't know I had already tried. I was afraid to say anything, thinking I was doing something wrong. So I thought, well, of course Jonah knew. So I I attempted again, same thing. I attempted again, same thing. I only did this with my husband and my daughter in the room because they needed to be part of the process. And and at one point, my husband said something uh, to Connor, uh, something like, I want to help you. And Connor just looked at him, didn't say a word, and left again. So the issue, the biggest issue with Connor at that point was that he had that attachment still, that angry attachment to that voodoo priest and who was also in the non-physical. So there was a lot of control and and it needed to be worked with. And that's what I explain in, in the book in that chapter, Healing Connor, how mm-hmm. we went through that process of helping his soul, how my father helped his soul. And then when that attachment was removed, we saw immediate results in our communication with Connor. He was still angry. He still didn't trust us. He still didn't believe us. But that fierceness had left once that attachment was gone. Well, I think what I hear you saying is, you know, he still didn't trust you, but there is this now opportunity to become vulnerable, and, yeah. and you know, this is what, what I, I absolutely, this is what I picked up from the book. I mean, we don't think about vulnerability as being something absolutely powerful, right? And, right. you know, I want to talk about that a little bit because, you know, this idea of freeing a soul or removing an attachment, right? It really opens up a whole new, it's a vacuum, isn't it? For new energy 
to fill? Yes. I mean, I always see as removing an attachment or removing a cord, I always see it as like almost like removing a cancer, something Mm -hmm. that shouldn't be there in the first place. And, And once it's removed, things can really, really change. Now, physical people can get corded as well, just as easily as well, he was courted in the physical prior to his birth, or excuse me, prior to his previous death, and he held on to that attachment in the non-physical. Mm. But people, there's so many people walking around in the physical, physical people walking around who have cords, who have attachments, and they don't know it. They just know that they, they don't feel like themselves, they feel really angry, they feel really off, and they don't know why. So that's what was going on with Connor. And once we could really talk to him, It was obvious he still didn't trust us, but he at least was willing to listen. And we were able to start having conversations with him about his previous experiences, what he liked, what he didn't like. And and towards the end of Bethany's pregnancy, I had a chance to speak with Jonah again, and he said, "Um, this one still doesn't believe you. This one still doesn't trust you. And, And I knew that, and he just said, keep working with him. Well, even by the time Bethany went into labor, which and she was a week late, he still didn't trust us. And so when the birthing process started, it was all hitting him in the face. And so there was extreme resistance. And so my whole family was in the room with us, with Bethany, when she was in labor. And my father's sitting there, and he said, well, Connor's here. He's standing there in the corner behind Bethany's bed. And I said, what's he saying? He said, well, you're a medium. You hear him. And I said, I... I can't do it right now. I'm preoccupied. And um, and he said he's in resistance. Everything's hitting him in the face. He's not sure if he wants to come through. And he wants nothing to do with his uh, biological father and that he really likes Robert, my husband. Mm. So um, one of the things that Connor told us prior to his, prior to the birthing process was that he would go to uh, his biological father's house when Bethany wasn't there, and he would witness this boy, this young man, hurting his dogs on purpose, and it completely disgusted Connor's soul, and he told us that in a session. So I said to Bethany, really? I mean, I know he has issues. I know he's angry and so forth, but would he really hurt his dogs? And Bethany just looked at me and said, I've actually had my own feelings about that. I've actually wondered about that. And at that point, Bethany had already broken up with him, thank goodness. So it was just, it was a more confirmation that he was aware, he was walking around, he knew what was going on, but it, by the time Bethany went into labor, it was all hitting him in the face. So when Bethany started pushing, he went into distress, his, his body, his the baby's body went into major distress. So um, the doctor wanted to do a C-section, and and I just had this really really bad feeling that that was a really bad idea. Oh my and, goodness! Uh, and I begged her, please just give me a little bit of time here. So she left, and I had a conversation with Connor. I said, "This is enough. We are done playing games. I don't know what else to say to you. We love you. We want you." We respect you. We want you to be in our family. We won't be like your mother. I can promise you that. I don't know what else to say, but this is enough. 
And so when the doctor came back for her to start pushing again, he no longer showed distress uh-huh. on the monitors. So she dropped the C-section idea. He was a big baby, but it was that that emotional distress that led to the physical distress. And and I think back and I think, what if we had done a C-section? I mean, if he was in that much resistance, what would have happened during that operation? But now he's a beautiful, wonderful two-and-a-half-year-old child. Oh, how, how about this? I mean, first of all, I love the way you're talking about it. Because, Tammy, one of the things that's so important, for those of you just tuning in, the book that read uh, Connor, and if you want to find out more about Connor, we're going to make sure you have a website. But the book is called Loving Connor, a clairvoyance memoir uh, on loving, bonding, and healing. And it, let's give out the website again because they can find a copy of the book, find out a lot about you and much more. Let's make sure everybody has uh, the place that they can go for that. Yeah, my my personal website is empowermentthroughhealing.org, and then also the book is available on Amazon in paperback and the Kindle version. It's also anyone listening from the U.K., it's available on the U.K. Amazon version as well. Do you think that your experience with Connor is unusual, or uh, do you believe each of us has the ability to tap into that soul level? Now, I'm not saying we all can do it. Um, you know, I think there are people like you that have said yes to a certain energy and a gift in life. Um, others of us do radio. But what I wanted to ask you about is what would we say to people that want to be able to experience more of this? I, I truly know that everyone has the ability to communicate and to connect with their unborn child, even prior to birth. Because as I said earlier, we choose our parents. And, and there was one woman I worked with a couple of years ago, and she said that the doctors told her that she could not conceive. And her guides in her session told her this was not correct information, that she could in fact conceive, and that in fact there was already a child who had chosen her as a mother. Four months later, she was pregnant, and she's already had that baby. So you can, I, I know that everyone can communicate with their unborn children. Um, I would say in your first part of your question, was my experience different? I feel so, yes, in in the way that we worked with Connor and the knowledge that we had and what we needed to do with him specifically, but the ability to connect with the soul of your unborn child, well, that, that soul is already around you. If you're pregnant, that soul is already around you, hearing your conversations, seeing your interactions, understanding the issues. They're, they're usually aware. So the soul comes into the body right before birth. At that point, that awareness, the conscious awareness, dissipates for a period of time. Well, uh, this is, first of all, this is a beautiful, beautiful story. It's also a story, and, you know, I would, I would expect that you're on a lot of radio shows, you know, you're doing a radio show, you're out in the world and you're talking uh, about this. What has been the response from people? The response has, is, uh, I see a similarity in just about everyone's response. Wow. It's, um, they, as soon as they start the book, they get sucked in because it starts with action. Uh, I don't like books that just take so long to get to the story. And so I started off immediately with me being 19 years old and married and in my first marriage, or 
well, in my first marriage. So it really, it takes you into that journey immediately and it just continues. And I take you through the very scary, anxiety-filled moments that I had when my daughter was a teenager and she was making very scary and painful choices. And I would just wake up in the middle of the night just gripped with anxiety. So I was and am very honest about my journey in my book. I wanted the readers to know that I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I made my own share of errors. Maybe I should have been more strict in certain areas with my daughter, but it can't, it comes down to loving your child and bonding with your child and making your child a priority above everything. And that's what I was always attempting to do. So everyone says the same thing. It sucks you right in. I can't put it down. I finished it in three hours or I finished it in two days. It's, Um, And then everyone has given it a five-star review on Amazon, and it earned a five-star review from a professional reviewer as well. Well, I feel the same way. I mean, you know, that's why I wanted to talk with you uh, about the, you know, about uh, about this book and share this story because – there are many people that I that I get to talk with every day and certainly my my own journey of what it's like to go through multiple traumas and and wonder you know am I ever going to shed the patterns that seem to be coming back um, and you know part of this is understanding and knowing more especially about the work that you're doing and and know that you know there are those folks that are listening to sh- to the show and can get some help what are some of the folks, what, what do some of the folks, um, you know, come to you? What do they come to you with? What kind of work do you do to help them? Give us a little bit idea of, of how you're able to help folks. When people come to me for spirit guide sessions, um, I simply repeat what people's guides are stating, um, especially in, for, for most people's sessions and especially in, beginning sessions, people who have come to me for the first, second, or third time, their guides will talk first. Their guides will talk about, here are the issues that are going on, here are the issues where they originated, and here's what you can do about it. Your guides are going to get to the core issue. And I hear, feedback I hear many times during a session is, wow, they don't waste any time. They just go right to the core. And that's their job. And they, like I said, they take it seriously. So that's in terms of my sessions, that's the majority of the work that I do, simply repeating the information and then um, the coaching work that I do is not with guides, but is uh, as a former school teacher, I had a great education in college in how to be how to deliver an instruction effectively. So wow. I use those concepts and I help people learn what it is they want to learn, whether it's how to gain passion, how to heal fear, how to work with their child, whatever the issue is that I myself have already gone through and healed, I will help a person. And I do that in six or seven sessions with very specific goals and objectives, very specific steps that a person can take to heal that issue. Mm. 
One of the things that I was really struck by in getting ready for the show and a couple of the questions that came in, and I want to get them, I want to see in the few minutes we have left, we have a couple of questions that have come in, and, and they seem to have a general uh, theme, so I'm going to bring them together. A few people uh, have sent these questions in. Uh, Joni, uh, Madeline, thank you both for this type of question. One of the questions uh, that have come up uh, has to do with addictions. And mm-hmm. and one of the questions specifically says, you know, Tammy, thank you for this conversation. Connor is amazing. Are addictions? Uh, oh no, oh, I'm sorry. Um, can an addiction have a, have an? Can it be an attachment causing an addiction? That is a great question. Is that a great question? In, it is a great <laughs> question. In my experience, a person will already have some sort of addiction to pain, some Uh sort of addiction that creates a negative chemical high in the brain. Um, That can be anything, shopping, eating, drugs, alcohol, you name it. Mm -hmm. What can then happen and what does happen a lot is that a person will gain an attachment from another person, usually the non-physical, who wants that high. And so they attach to the addicted person in order to keep the person addicted. So the person might try rehab, they try all these things to get over the addiction, and they just can't seem to kick it, usually because they're courted. Now they can also, the person can also be courted to a physical person who doesn't want that person to heal. You might have a buddy who's addicted, and they don't want you to heal. They don't want you to change. Maybe it's a family member, and they will cord you in order to keep you in your pain. That happens a whole lot as well. Well, one of the questions that is a follow-up to this, and absolutely someone that was listening to our earlier conversation, has to do with a very similar question. But the question is, and I guess they're they're commenting on the fact that I made a comment about narcissism, and they said, uh, here's the question, what a, what a very, very interesting show. I wanted to get back to your comment about narcissism, Dr. Pat. Um, narcissism and addiction to a narcissist is a very interesting dynamic. Are there out-of-body things in play here? Oh, that's a good one, too. <laughs> and I guess it's um, kind of the same question, but I guess being addicted to a narcissist is, is kind of like, wow, that's like that's a tough one, isn't it? Well, I'm not sure what they mean by are there out-of-body experiences at play. Yeah, what, what I think they're asking, okay, we're getting a follow-up. Um, is there an entity? Is there a dynamic going on? Or is this simply our soul contract with another person. Thank you for the clarification. Oh, um, I would say that there is not a soul contract with another person in order to create pain. Oh, thank uh, you. Pain, pain is created as a result of false beliefs, painful patterns, painful choices. You never, ever have to create pain in order to learn. Now, pain can be a learning experience, but it never has to be that way. And I have never met a person who had a soul contract with another one for the purpose of creating pain. A soul, a higher soul, meaning the higher part of your soul, would never request that, though people make that choice because they're stuck in the, the lower part of their mind where they hold those false beliefs. I see that a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um First of all, I have to thank you for joining me here today. I mean, this is a great conversation. You know, there are so many questions that um, 
that I, I just didn't really get to, to ask you because the really depth and the breadth of your work is astonishing to me. Um, you know, I get to interview and I get to talk to a lot of people. I've interviewed over 6,000 people in a 10-year period, had some very fascinating wow. conversations. And what I want to say is, you know, what you're talking about is so important. It is almost like the next level of healing, right? And mm-hmm. I want to ask you, what do we, what do we need to either do or evolve to or understand that there is a level of healing that you just explained here with Connor that's available and accessible to us either through you or through other means because we are experiencing some deep, deep pain. I mean, the fact that I'm talking about narcissism four times must tell you that I'm in contact with people that are in a lot of pain right now. And and I want to ask you about this and ask you for your personal message for folks today and thank you thank you thank you for joining me here today it's never our purpose to be in a state of pain we never have to experience pain in order to learn we we don't have to go through a painful experience in order to come out better at the other side those things can happen where you experience a painful event and you come out better on the other side but it never has to be that way and i think sometimes people hold their pain as a badge of honor our purpose here is to learn how to live a life of joy, how to be an individual, how to be expressive, how to live our life. And whatever I can do to help a person understand that concept on a deep, deep level and integrate it, implement it, then I will do that for and with a person who truly desires change. That's our purpose here. Now, we also have other purposes in terms of our abilities, different things we're supposed to learn, but we're here to heal and do what it takes. Do what it takes to heal and to learn to live your life with integrity and with self-compassion and nurturing. Wow. Thank you so much. One more time, let everybody know your website and how they, website and how they can contact you directly. EmpowermentThroughHealing.org. I have an online scheduling system there. And then on my website is the link back to Amazon for the book Loving Connor. And um, thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, it is really truly an honor. And thank you for doing all the things that you do, Tammy. I want to thank all of you out there. Please, please get a copy of this book. Uh, please connect with Tammy. Uh, and I love what you've said. Uh, I love this this notion that we can live a life and pain is never really our source. Thank you, Tammy, so much. I so appreciate it. Thank you guys for tuning us in, turning us on. If you've missed any part of this, go to the drpatshow.com. And you know, once we have this show edited, we're going to give uh, we're going to give Tammy a copy of it, and she can certainly put it on her website. Thank you, Tammy, and thank you all. Wow. We'll see you next time on the Dr. Pat Show. <laughs>